Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We are joined at Gord Glen in camp today, uh, where he armed me with bear spray and a machete and took me through their drill plans uh, that they're playing for this se- this season. Um, if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, uh, indeed the company and uh, the opportunity ahead for them, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com. Gord, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you doing? I'm, I'm fantastic. What an absolute sight you are you hard hat high viz under canvas what are you doing i'm here at the pl mine and i thought i'd do something a little different for you because i think uh you're i don't know if you've been to a mine site before actually i don't know if you've been to a site visit steady yes i have (laughs) okay excellent i never see that side of you so I thought I'm going to bring you virtually to the PL mine site and I'm going to walk you through uh, basically the project, the exploration potential uh, here as if you were an investor or a geo team or an engineering team coming to site. And we'll, there's certain protocols that we'll go through just to get going. And then we'll start doing some some map talk and I'll, I'll walk you through things. So that's what I'm going to do today. Uh, I'll I'll dive in. I'll dive in and just start off with Manova Corp, you know, MCI uh, on the Venture Exchange. Uh, you know, we're here at the PL Mine site. It's a 100% owned uh, property in uh, central Manitoba. We're about an hour's drive from Flinflon, Manitoba, the city of Flinflon, Manitoba. 100 years of mining and development and operations in this, in this camp, in this belt, like literally an hour from us. Uh, this is a past producer. It operated 88, 89. Um, it was, we acquired it in 2010, uh, and we've been advancing it for 10 years. First, we started on the mining lease. Uh, you can't see it behind me, but there's a thousand ton per day mill. Uh, about a kilometer to the south of me, there's a decline with 7,000 meters of underground development, past production 350,000 tons. Um, but so we started off here on the lease, exploring and basically. Uh, uh, definition drilling to build up a mine, a defendable, legitimate, uh, technically viable mine development plan and resource and reserve. And we did all that. Three PEAs, one positive feasibility study, 2018, uh, very positive. Uh, you know, at that time at 1250 gold, $40 million NPV, 40 plus percent IRR. It was a good little project, 50,000 ounces a year. Uh, with with expansion potential, minimum five-year mine life. But that was what we needed to do to sort of take the edge off the history of the project. Nobody wants to step onto an old mine and say, why did it, why did it uh, shut down? Was it the gold price? Was there something else? There was a whole myriad of factors there, but that's all ancient, ancient history. Again, the, fe- the technical studies that we've done, the, the subsequent drilling that we've done, the positive feasibility study that we've done, this is a, a project that is, you know, yeah. 2020-ish, ready to go. Okay, well, look, I, I think we should reference people to, I don't, we'll put some links below here to the two previous conversations we've had, because I've kind of grilled you hard on the the history and what you've done and what you've been able, able to do, because you've been at it, you know, like you say, 10, 10 years. So I think people go and look at that if you want to understand business plan, uh, the strategy, the team, and, you know, the, the, the game plan for you going forward. I'm interested today... 
Suits and boots. I'll be suits and you can be boots on the ground and tell us, <laughs> it's like puss in boots. Um, we, you can tell us, you know, what you're going to do because you're going to, you're going to have to deliver value through the drill bit. You've raised what, a million bucks in the middle of last year. You raised some in January again. You know, money's tight. So you're going to have to make it work really, really hard to get people to start paying attention to this thing. 12 million market cap. You, you know, I've seen some nice uh, press releases recently, but how are you going to build on them? Yeah, uh, well, continue to explore and, and communicate the exploration upside of the project. So I'm going to treat you like you've just come to site. So welcome to the PL Mine, Matt. I'm going to I'm going to just check you in. You need some safety gear to start. You need your you need your hard hat, your, your glasses. There's your Minova visitor orange high vis uh, helmet. You need a nice safety vest. Again, lots of visibility. We're all about safety here at PL. Um, I've got some gloves for you because you might come into the field with me and do some work. Unlikely. Some gloves. Unlikely. Just uh, so you know. <laughs> you'll, you'll be my assistant, so you'll be carrying the pack, which means you'll be carrying okay. the rocks. I can do that. That's good. To get to the, to get to the rocks, you need a five-pound sledge, and I'll be nice to you. I'll give you your choice of, choice of chisels. <laughs> nice. Nice. I, all that's missing is my high-vis tie. <laughs> well, we're not done yet. Now, now it gets serious. You need an axe when you go in the bush. And my personal favorite is a machete. It takes care of just about everything. There you go. So you're ready to come into the bush. Oh, I forgot one thing, Matt. You need bear spray just in case. Not a problem. Oh, one more thing. Flag and tape. You don't want to get lost out there. That's what we do in the field, buddy. So welcome to PL. I'm, so what I'm we're going to do now that you're... <laughs> now that you're now that you're geared up if this was a big mining operation probably sit you down for half an hour and watch a video on safety and who has the right of way when you're walking down the hallway here it's we're still formal in terms of safety obviously covid kind of ramped that all up for us uh which was terrific in, in a kind of ironic way so now on the site it's 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 safety first all the time but we're still at that uh, exploration advanced development stage you know, waiting and, and pushing hard on the financing to develop the big, uh, the full mining operation. But today we're going to talk about exploration. So I'm going to walk you through. Uh, don't worry if you can't see everything behind me. It's all on the website. It's in the presentation on the website. So everybody can kind of reference uh, the higher, uh, higher resolution figures. But this is what would happen if there was a, a group of geos standing around and I'm trying to orient everybody to where we are. So are you ready to go? I'm, I'm, I'm a bit excited. I'm, I'm feeling uh, my heart's pounding a little bit here. The tempo's way higher than we normally get. But yeah, crack on. The idea of, the, the idea of a five-pound sledgehammer. Okay, so right here, this is, this is the PL mill. Okay, so we're standing here. We're standing about there. Uh, that's the, roughly the center of the property, uh, of, of the property area. And that's just a central reference point. So I'm just going to lose this figure here. And I'll give you the broader property picture here. Again, the PL mill. You can see it from, from Google Earth, Landsat. It's on the mining lease. That's a permitted mining lease, Environment Act 1207E. Uh, we're permitted to 1,000 tons per day of underground mining uh, operations. So uh, I'll do the geology in a second, but I'll just reference some uh, geography here. So here's the, here's the uh, PL deposit. Uh, here is our satellite Nokomis deposit. We have done literally zero work on that project in eight years. And it's because we were focused down here at, uh, at PL, at de-risking and advancing PL. 
the, the geology, and I'll show you in a second, there's a large fold here, and then it heads right up there. It's all part of the same package, eight and a half kilometers away. That's eight and a half kilometers of exploration potential to the southeast, uh, sorry, to the southeast and then to the northeast. And then there's the exploration potential further to the northwest and west. So I'll lose this map now, and we'll just get a little bit of geo going here. Bear with me. There we go. So you might be able to see these yellow, the, the red lines here. So again, PL right here with the crossed hammers. The red lines are the structural horizons, the stratigraphic package, and the, which 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 is the structural package that we're following here uh, at the uh, at the at the PL property. So again, you can see that red line trending right up to Nokomis and past Nokomis to the end of our property boundary. So about a year and a half ago, after we'd done, well, two years ago, after we'd done the feasibility study, and we basically, um, uh, I, I'd say, de-risked to, a, I think, a reasonably sufficient level and detailed a PL mine development plan, right? High, high, RR, high IRR and positive, very positive feasibility study, low CapEx, Canadian $35 million. Then it was time to start looking a little bit further afield. People get that, they can understand NPVs, but I always get the question, what's the exploration upside board? Like, where's the, where's the growth for this, uh, for this project? So we started to explore here to the, to the south, or sorry, to the northwest, prospecting, mapping, sampling, came up with a bunch of, of new showings, brand new showings. We did literally no work on the property other than on PL for the better part of eight years which was tactically to, to define and refine this past, producer, past producing asset and bring it into you know, the 2020s or 20, 2010s at that time. So we did all that. And then we could start looking further afield and start uh, considering what are the structural controls of this deposit? How do we follow up on those? How do we explore for those? So I'm going to lose this, this map here because you're now you're referenced to where we are. So I'm going to start at the northwest end of the property I'm up here at the this year map. Don't worry about the details. Again, I'll get it up on the on the website. This is the Nokomis deposit. Hasn't been touched by us for eight years. And prior to that, it was probably 30 years ago that it was drilled. It's got a 60,000 ounce um, uh, resource estimate on it. It's basically the same as the PL, shallow dipping. It's a little bit thicker in spots, uh, maybe a little bit more sulfides, but still an attractive project, but it hasn't had any work. Right, not by us, and it hasn't been worked in so long. And I'll, I'll I'll sort of demonstrate that with this next map. That's the geology map. Those are the outcrops, some old drill holes, some old trenches on it. That's the drilling results map. Again, don't worry about the the super details. It's look at the red the red blobs. It's still open down dip. It's never really been tested at depth, which was really the case for the PL. Um, so everything here is about drilling, 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 understanding your structural controls, and then drilling. So that's, um, that's Nokomis. So now let's uh, kind of come back to, I won't go through the hole on strike, but I'll come right back to PL. So I'm going to move that stuff down. And I'm going to see, I might switch to this side. Yeah, there we go. Good. So again, don't worry about the details to be on the website. So this is the called the property geology on the mining lease and, and off the lease to the Northwest. So again, the mill uh, sort of central on the lease and, and the PL deposit is here. The PL deposit is, is a one kilometer strike length open in both directions. And, it, it, and prior to 
really the last two and a half years was never drilled outside of that one kilometer. We concentrated in here to better understand the, the structural controls, to better define the resource and, the, and ultimately the reserve in the feasibility study. And then we started to basically look outside of the lease, off the lease, on trend, and better understand that. And that's where we started coming up with these new tonalate showings. So the structural package here is you've got a, a, a granitic intrusion later. You've got a mixed, uh, sed mixed volcanic sedimentary uh, package here, which is intruded by uh, tonalite, uh, a felsic intrusive. Uh, and, then, and then on the other side of that, you go into more of a, a clastic sedimentary package, which is all folded, uh, tight, a really tight isoclinal fold right here. Um, and, um, uh, and that's about as far as I want to go in the geology with, uh, in this particular talk. But the point is, is that the structures that we've been tracing here for the last, uh, well, eight years as part of the definition drilling and infill drilling and resource uh, development, we can see them coming off here. They're a little bit different. Now we've got a showing up here and a trend up here we call PL North, right? And that's where we've been focused for the last year. So the results that we've gotten out of PL North and that PL North trend is literally 250 kilometers from the mill dipping underneath me right now. And so the results that we've had is we've got very good grades at surface. And then we were understanding the structural controls a little bit more. And then we, then we started to step out a little bit more, go a little bit deeper, and we're still getting pretty reasonable results. We got two horizons in parallel. I sort of skipped something here, so I'll just bring it up real quick because it's kind of the same, kind of the same thing. This is actually uh, a cross-section through the PL. Uh, again, you've got that volcanic uh, sedimentary uh, terrain uh, uh, package here. It's about 200 meters thick, the tonalite underneath it. Uh, the package, the structure, the package that has all the structure, the mineralized structures in here is, is about 100 meters wide. And we have four, five structures from Sheridan zone, upper, lower, lower, lower. And then sometimes you get a lower, lower, lower. Um, but, but that same uh, trend, 30 degree dipping, uh, it's still open down dip. Uh, it's still open on strike. But what we have here, sorry, get that out of the way is it changes a little bit here. There's a, there's a structural bend in the, in the tonalite here, which was causing some, I don't know, some, uh, some changes in the structural orientation. So it took us a little while to kind of figure out what was going on there. So we never did big step out, uh, step out holes. We were keeping it reasonably tight to learn and, and interpret. And then after the summer drilling, sorry, after the winter drilling, we really had a lot of success and we're very confident in what we were doing. And then we look back at the old data and all the old drilling stops literally here, just a little bit, about 150 meters from where I'm standing, like hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of holes stop there. Don't ask me why the historic operators didn't keep on coming this way. At the time, we couldn't go further because we were really constrained. We were staying focused down there. Um, it stopped there. It's open this way. And we found two holes in the old database that were beyond the resource, but they identified mineralization at depth, which when we looked at all the detailed uh, drilling that we were doing up here on PL North, they were projecting down, they were lining up. Those structures were, I call it traceable down the dip plane. So that's Puff 214, which would have been drilled just behind me on the, mine, on the mill site, and Puff 265, which is further out in the bush. 
they both hit, um, you know, uh, uh, I'd say uh, uh, highly anomalous. You had three grams over one meter and 2.2x over one meter uh, in both these holes. But what it told us was that we could connect potentially or project down all the drilling that we were doing here for the upper zone and the lower zone. So we went out here and we drilled M M2148X, which was a hole that we had done several years ago, sorry, um, for a different target, a shallow EM target. And we thought, well, let's deepen that. Let's test. This is the biggest step out hole we've ever done in this property. Like I had the really, uh, between myself and my senior geologist, Chris Buchanan, we really beat up the, the, the analysis and the thesis because you don't want to miss when you're drilling big step out holes. You want to see results. I want to see results. My shareholders want to see results. So we drilled that hole and we hit the upper zone pretty much spot on the targeted down dip projection. It's super high grade at 101 grams uh, per ton over a half a meter within a one meter wide uh, mineralized structure. Uh, so that gave us, so that opens up this again, a huge area here, almost 500 meters on the strike plane and 500 meters down the dip plane where we can trace the structure. Now, now we have to go back in here and infill to infill in the, and get the resource. So, uh, or build a resource. So I would expect, given, given the sort of style of mineralizations, it's basically comparable. Uh, the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the variation in grade from hole to hole. I think we have an opportunity to mirror what we have at the main PL. This, if you look on the long section, I think it's page 16 of the presentation on the website, and you can see the critical mass of the deposit. And basically just mirror that over, just with drilling, right? So this is a, a huge opportunity for us to, again, demonstrate the exploration uh, upside on the project. And in this particular case, because we're, we're basically underneath the mill, in front of the mill, to, um, uh, to, you know, very soon increase the resources in the reserves. And then, of course, we've got kilometers of strike length to the west, following the structural trend around the fold, where we've got one, two, three showings out this direction. Again, we haven't gotten out there for the follow-up work, the, the planning, the drilling, possibly some geophysics. There's another target out there, which is a possible iron formation target, the banded iron formation, always pretty sexy targets in terms of um, you know, uh, uh, other deposit models. Like this is a, this is a classic structurally controlled uh, uh, shear zone hosted gold zone. Uh, this here is a, a banded iron formation target, which is more of a chemical trap uh, within that plastic sedimentary package. Uh, looks pretty interesting. There's been evidence of quality on it. We've got uh, one hole from again, 10, 11, 12 years ago, um, uh, uh, 20 grams over half a meter at 200 meters completely out of context. We have to follow up on that. So we've got exploration potential heading up to Nokomis, uh, eight kilometers, eight and a half kilometers that way. We've got exploration potential on the main PL, down dip, on strike. We're on the PL north trend heading northwest and then all the way around the fold limb to, uh, to other prospective targets out there. So, so we've got lots of exploration potential here. It's just a matter of how we manage that going forward, what kind of programs we, uh, we put forward. Well, okay. Well, let me put my uh, hammer and machete down um, <laughs> and ask you this. You've, you've not got much money. You're capital constrained. You've got every dollar counts here. I saw the, the headline, an uh, assay came back, is uh, over 101.6 grams came back, narrow vein type stuff, but you know, it captures the imagination, but it, it hasn't really done much for the, for the stock. You've got a PEA. It's a good PEA. So something, there's a big disconnect. 
here in the market. You're really excited. I can hear that. Anyone who's been listening to you for the last 15 minutes is going to be excited for you. And you, you're, you, you know, you've got a, you, you sound like you've got a, a beginning of a plan, but you need to finance it. You've done a, you've done a recent private placement. There was a warrant attached to it. In this environment, you would hope that you wouldn't have to do that. There's a disconnect. So what are people not getting that you need them to understand? Well, I think I think there's two types of investors out there. The ones that are looking for development and, you know, big, big. And that's the challenge here. This is not a big development project. It is a viable and very robust development project. You know, we've got a 260, 270,000 ounce reserve base, which supports a five, a, what I call a, a phase one, five-year mine plan. We still have to drill more. It's still open. It could be a 10-year mine life. It could be a 20-year mine life. You probably have interviewed guys, and I've been, to, I've been to a lot of mines where you go to them, and they started off with five years, or in some cases, three years, 20 years later, <laughs> 20 years later, they're still going. Right. And that's the nature of mining. And in my look, I used to be I used to do a lot of banking and, and, and analysis. And one of the things that I that sort of, you know, built into my MO now is not overcapitalizing assets too soon, like bigger ones. If you're a big company, like if you're real Tinto, you're going to go in to a monster project. You're going to sandbag every number. So because there's no pressure on you to get it turned on for you know, capital markets purposes. In our case, I'm actually taking that same kind of philosophy. There's no pressure to push hard and to do a crazy dilutive equity financing to uh, like let them let the market come to us. The, the, the story is here. The asset is real. The exploration potential, I think, is real. I keep pointing to the Northwest and expansion potential. I keep saying it's open to expansion. I'm just trying to you know pound that message home. And it's it's legitimate to me. And the last hole is super high grade hit. You know, at, at depth, way outside of the current resource, like spectacular grades, like that's the sort of thing you look for in any project. You want evidence of quality, uh, evidence of uh, traceability, and then it comes down to mineability. So mineability. So that might be another reason why people don't like this project or don't get it, this project. The shallow dip on it is a challenge. It is not an insurmountable challenge. 30 degree mining has been going on for 100 years. Lots of it going on in South Africa to this day at depth. It's doable. It's been happening in Canada for, you know, for 100 years, basically, between the Val d'Or, uh, Rouen, uh, Abitibi camp into Timmins, uh, Kirkland Lake area. There's lots of structures in those mines that are shallow dipping. They get the steep ones, they get the shallow dipping ones, and they go and they chase them down. But what we've got going for us here is that this is 2021, and we've had incredible efforts in, in industry to innovate and develop new mining equipment and new mining methodologies. And I can name one that's underground at the Lamac mine with El Dorado right now, which, uh, which was the Minrail SAMS system, uh, shallow angle mining system. Uh, Mark Bouvet runs that company. He's made an incredible amount of progress and has it underground test mining right now. Uh, you've got uh, uh, the Muckahai system, uh, which is uh, sort of a brainchild of Fred Stanford of Torex fame, uh, which is another mechanized mining system specifically designed. These are specifically designed systems using uh, proven and probable equipment, hydraulics, rack and pinion, uh, standard um, components off of anything to do with mining or construction, quite frankly, anywhere. 
that that are uh, engineered to uh, re reduce costs, improve efficiencies, and take on the the so-called challenges of, of these sorts of deposits. So that technology is coming along, like it's here today, it's being proven, it's being tested right now and developed. So that's gonna make a difference. Again, another reason why we're not in a huge rush to, to um, uh, you know, make, make choices on equipment that maybe aren't the best or the most appropriate when we've got time. Gold prices going up, all my shareholders, my major shareholders and my board, and I suspect you and many of your viewers be, believe that gold price is going up. So let, let's let this market play out, which gets back to, you know, we don't need to push hard on the mine side of it. I get lots of inbounds on debt uh, 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 project finance for it because the project is super robust. Again, if you go to a July 30th, uh, 2020 uh, press release where I highlighted the sensitivity to higher gold prices. So the, basically the feasibility study uh, sensitized to a higher gold price. Feasibility study was at 1250 gold. Uh, I ran, you know, you, I got a table in there. You can run it at 18, 19, 2000. The project is, is the NPV is very high, like multiples higher than it was at 1250 gold, obviously. The IRR is approaching 200, 200%. It's a very robust project. Uh, payback went from 1.5 years to 0.6 years. So if the project finance is out there for the project. The equity is not there yet, partly because our market cap is too low. I'm not going to dilute my shareholders, uh, you know, for 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 the purpose of turning on the mine if we're not getting valued for the mine. Instead, we can do projects and budgets that are a little bit lower budget, million bucks at a time gets me results, right? All this drilling on PL North, that's results. Um, M21048, that's spectacular results for a million bucks. So we can keep chipping away at this with the exploration upside and, and, and keep demonstrating it. And I'm pretty confident that in this market, you know, guys are gonna start to gravitate. We're in a tier one mining jurisdiction, right? Look what's going on around the world, whether it's in you got uh, issues in Turkey for, from an environmental point of view. You got uh, taxation kind of ramifications in some of the very established mining jurisdictions in the world. Here we're in friendly Manitoba. We're an out, literally an hour's drive from a mining Mecca for 100 years. And, and the other thing, Matt, and I don't think people really get this yet, this belt, the Flin Flon, I call it the Flin Flon Snow Lake Belt, a couple of hundred kilometers from one end to the other. Again, a classic, uh, it's like the Abitibi, it's like Val, uh, Rouen, uh, Valdor Rouen, uh, Greenstone Belt, Island Arc uh, Volcanic System, sediment, Iron, Island Arc uh, Volcanic Sedimentary System, intrusive plugs all through it. Uh, probably 30 VMS deposits, three gold deposits, three. Because nobody's explored for gold here. Nobody's explored for structurally controlled gold, which takes boots on the ground in the field with your machete and your sledgehammer, you know, basically mapping and prospecting to find those targets. This, this belt is relatively unexplored compared to the Abitibi, right? Timmins, Kirkland Lake, or into Quebec, where they've got dozens and dozens of, of gold mines, big ones and uh, small ones and world-class mines, along with a plethora of VMS deposits. So beyond the project and its, structure, and its structurally controlled gold um, uh, resource potential, I see a belt that we're, we're sitting in the front row 
And if we can just move this thing a little bit further, like I've got plans, we've already done sort of basic uh, reconnaissance work to step off the property and start picking up ground on prospective uh, structural liniment trends that sort of mirror what we've seen here at PL. Like we've got a, I think we've got a bit of a leg up. So, you know, so there's a lot of exploration upside right from, from where I'm standing here to 30 kilometers in either direction. A lot of it's on our property already, but some of it is is to be staked up in the future, hopefully by us. Okay, well, look, let's not get, get too ahead of ourselves here. What, what, what I'm trying to understand as an investor is, you know, you say we're in no hurry. And I can understand that at 12, 12 million market cap, you don't want equity in there. You're going to delete the, the heck out of yourself and your, your shareholders. No one wants that. But you're going to have to take a view on a couple of things. You're going to have to take a view on what price do you think gold's going to need to get to for there to be a reaction on your company? And you've then got to make the assumption that people uh, will be interested in your company, not just because of gold price, but your ability to get this thing financed. So I think at the heart of this, you're going to need to work out how you bring some kind of structured finance, strategic partner, revenue share, some something original and interesting which gets this thing moving because you may not be in a hurry because the constraints you're under, but I suspect your shareholders probably won't agree. And, you know, you've, you know, if what you say is true behind you, you want to get on with this thing. You want to get on with it. Yeah. So how do, what are the options that you are considering that you've been toying around? Come on, you've worked on, on, on the street, you know what's going on. So what are the options available to you? Well, obviously the straight, the, the straight path. And I've said this in a press release from a couple of months ago, you know, the paths forward are obviously project finance, and I, and I think I can check a box or two on that. Uh, equity, a bit more challenging given our, given our market cap. I was, I was hoping that some of the exploration success might flow through to the, to the share price, to the market capitalization, and, push, and just take us up higher so we could properly finance this project. Uh, I'm, I'm an, I'm not, I don't want to go slow, Matt. I don't want to leave anybody with the impression that we're just dragging our heels out here. That's not the case. It's really pushing the project within, honestly, I would say more disciplined budgets than I would compare to some of my peer groups out there that maybe have a little bit more money than they, than they are, um, uh, or they have lots of money and they might not be allocating it as efficiently as I know that we have over the years, but that's neither here nor there. We want to get the project up and running. So, you know, so the other options are more tactical and strategic, right? So what do we got in front of us? We're a tier one jurisdiction. We're ready to go with permits. Is there a junior company out there that's looking for another 50,000 ounces plus plus of, of production to bump their production profile that, uh, that wants to do M&A with us? Those things are happening. There's chit chat uh, with, with, with that going on all the time. I just don't like our valuation. I keep telling my shareholders and I keep telling you know, counterparties, I can't transact off of $12 million, not unless I see bump, like serious bump for my shareholders. We've got a, we, our, our, you know, one of the metrics out there, uh, EV per resource ounce, we're trading at $15, $16 per, uh, per resource ounce right now with a mill, with a permit, exploration upside, you know, tier one jurisdiction. Uh, I got peer group, uh, uh, peer group uh, companies out there that are, I think the average is $70. They don't have a permit. They don't have a mill. They don't have these things. Maybe they've got a little bit, maybe a jurisdictional issue or something like that. But that comes with, with understanding. Like, look at the main player in this camp, Hud Bay. You know, they're, they're running Lalor Mine right now. And that's really being sort of 
um, spun as a gold project, right? So they're more focused on gold nowadays in this belt because they spent a hundred they spent a hundred years looking for the base metals, so they're focused on the gold right now. Um, so there's the tactical, there's the sale of the project M and A, then there's the possibility of the of a merger of of call it equals, like a twelve million dollar company. It's not so much that we're uh, we're undervalued; we're just under the radar, right? We're not we're not uh, we're not getting getting views by broader uh, broader audiences that have criteria that are okay i only look at things that are a million ounces or higher i only look at things that are 100,000 ounces of production or higher i only look at things that are you know high grade oh we can check that box i only look at things that are advanced in tier one. Oh, i can check that box and i can check we're just missing size i would hope that the exploration upside would, would help people to kind of go you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna lower my my, my bar i'm gonna say i'm gonna look at this 700,000 ounce resource because it's got everything else ticked off in a tier one jurisdiction, why wouldn't I look at that? I can beat it up. I have a, every day I'm on the phone with one or two new investors that have inbounded me. And I've yet to have one, one, uh, one person or anybody say to me, you know, there's something not right here, Gord. I can't, uh, I, I don't like your project because, right? I like these other projects out there. They all come away going, this sounds really attractive. This sounds really advanced. This sounds really doable. So what's the missing point? And we, and we basically debate it like you and I might debate it here. Like, what is it? I personally think that it's the market metrics, different market metrics and scale that, that many investors are seeking nowadays. They want big, big, big. What I can deliver right here, right now is, is viable, fast to production, robust, and, and then take that cash flow at current prices Cash flow in the first three years, free ca- uh, after tax free cash flow in the first three years is 150 million bucks. So I can, and that's that's include. Okay, so I have to pay back the debt, pay back the the capex on the project. So I still got 120 million dollars to invest in this project for my shareholders to expand the resource, expand the the uh, reserves, to uh, lengthen the mine life. Then my NPV goes up to boost the production. My NPV goes up, my production goes up, and my cash flow goes up. So that that's the sort of thought process that we're working off of here versus somebody that's maybe looking at that million ounce plus or the multi-million ounce plus. So I, I hope that kind of explains what we're doing here and why we've been doing it. And, and now the shift. Now there's a bit of a shift. Exploration push really highlight that for investors because, again, there's, there's two groups out there. Developers, NPV investors, you know, uh, uh, NPV per share, and then there's the guys that are more speculative. I want to know where that next ounce is coming from. I want to know if this thing can be a ten bagger. When you pull a hole like that on a trend that's already got seven hundred thousand ounces defined five hundred meters to the south, I think you got to be think you got to be you know speculating. Well, there's got to be more. Right. And that's and that's what I know. That's what I feel right now, based on the near surface, the projection down and the projection along straight. I think we've got uh, I think we've got a a very solid uh, value proposition uh, for for anybody else. Okay, I think we've kind of you've definitely done all the the selling points on the geology and the drilling that you want to do. Um, You have mentioned recently and people have asked us about it. um, You've been talking about metallurgy and ore sorting. Is that? Again, is, is that a distraction right now? 
No, no, it's just part of it. It's, it's just one of the many technical programs that go with the development side of things. That's a, that's. A, thank you for bringing that up, actually. So what this project has, I'd say, um, compared to other projects, it's got lots of optionality on how it's developed, right? Because we're not constrained. We've got excess capacity in the mill, but how do we develop the project to keep CapEx down, to uh, improve every aspect of the project? The ore sorting uh, it's, it's, uh, that technology is here today. It's being put into practice. It's being incorporated into many other technical studies. So when you're dealing with narrow vein deposits and you're obviously going to take on dilution that, you, that you'd prefer not to take on, does ore sorting work for that to, to basically eliminate the waste so it doesn't have to go through the mill to upgrade the, the material, the ores going into the mill? Yeah, that can work here very well. Our, 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 uh, our ores are very classic, you know, pyrite, pyrotite, arsenopyrite, non-refractory, and gold in a quartz, in a quartz vein system with biotite, uh, mostly biotite alteration, be like a quartz muscovite system in the Abitibi. Um, you know, so that can work for us. It also has development optionality in terms of we, one of the things we're looking at as part of the development side of the plan is uh, a new portal uh, here just at the, on the PL North where we can shorten the overall development timeline, the distance, the cost, and it exposes us to higher grade ore. The, the old operation, like one of the reasons the old operation failed, and you can see this visually in the presentation, again, on the longitudinal, the old, uh, the original uh, decline basically went into what is, what is I would say, uh, a, a less significant part of the ore body. They didn't have the full ore body drilled off at the time. And most of the ore is actually up here towards the, towards the mill. So our plan there is to use that portal, but come back to the north. But the work, the, the successes, the many successes at the, the, the defining the PL North trend here, just in front of the mill, it gives us the opportunity to consider doing the opposite, doing a new portal, going back to the southeast. And then at some point, we can connect to the other portal. And then we've got a nice, efficient mine with a south portal, a north portal that is closer to the mill. So everything can go in at the south end ore and waste can come out at this end and be closer to the mill. So it's a, you know, so it's not a distraction. It is one of the many aspects of a project. Like I, Matt, I can't emphasize enough. You don't build mines from boardrooms. You've got to be on the ground to kind of see what you have to work with. Um, that's a component of it, of course, but when you get here and you see what you have to work with and you get a real spatial sense, you know, in this case, all that optionality on how to develop this uh, mine I think is is ultimately going to going to deliver a, a better uh, economic result for shareholders. Okay, drilling exploration. Any more assay results, Jay? Uh, well, one of the reasons I'm up here now is so, and, and this is another. Since you're on the field visit with me, uh, we didn't go down to the core shack. But what will you typically do in the way we operate? And this goes back to my training. You do your drill program. You get hundreds of samples out. You you know you 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 they they come back to you always a week or two later than you wanted them to. Uh, you process them for QAQC, get them into the database, double check, make sure everything is, is, is good, um, all your standards are good. Um, and then you, then you go through the logs, okay? So this would be you and me going through the logs, or in, in my case, my, my senior geo, we go through the logs and we go, hey, that's funny, we got a high grade hit here, but we don't have bracket samples on that. Like you, you obviously sampled it for a reason. Yeah, there was a, there was a small quartz vein. I didn't see like, you know, super, uh, super mineralization, and it wasn't in one of the exact trends that we were looking for, but it was anomalous. So I sampled it. Okay, so you got a half a meter of three grams. That's pretty interesting when you've got 
you know, meters on that side and meters on that side that are or perhaps. So, so, you know, so after you do that, Matt, you basically go back to that. I'll go back to the core shack later today. I'll pull those boxes. I'll basically sort of mini log it and then we'll cut bracket samples around that. So I'll have another batch of samples going into the lab probably next week from this follow-up work uh, that it, it happens on every project. Quite frankly, it should. Uh, in our case, we're always finding more mineralized structures. So when I was talking about the veins, just the, the, the structures here on this map here, there's the main, the main structures that we've been, that we can trace out very well. And then the same thing here at PL, we've got an upper and a lower, and we can trace those out hundreds of meters now. But there's always these intermediate structures, and you can see some of them here, where you don't have the density of drilling to connect them yet. They're there, but they're not sitting on what you consider to be the main structure. And again, sort of opens up that, what's going on here? More drilling, more detail, and we could have another structure going through there. So all those samples have to be kind of just, you know, thoughtfully, um, you know, analyzed and interpreted to get ready for the next program. And that's what we're doing right now. We're getting ready for that next program. So the next program coming up here, we will start drilling in the summertime. We will do more mapping and prospecting along to the uh, Northwest. And I'm, I'm hoping I can get to Nokomis uh, this summer uh, to get some, some level of, you know, boots on the ground work there because I want to advance it into the mine plan, right? And that'll also include uh, the first stage of permitting for, for Nokomis, an archeological study. I get to engage the First Nations we do that sort of first first pass permitting because that's not on the permitted lease, um, and that can be that can come into the mindset. That's another two years of uh, based on what it is right now, two or three years of of mine life. So we've got all kinds of optionality out there. Uh, I'd be remiss to say you know that uh, like many companies nowadays, bigger ones obviously, but even little guys like us, you know, we we are, we pay attention to to ESG, uh, good corporate governance. You know, we communicate with our local com local communities, uh, I'd say on a quarterly basis, uh, unless I bump into them in town or something. Uh, so we keep the, the community councils up to date, uh, the Chamber of Commerce up to date, the First Nations uh, reserves up to date. Uh, so, you know, we're on top of all of that. You know, we're in contact with the, um, the regulatory agencies constantly in terms of managing, uh, you know, everything about this site, like responsible for everything on this site from the diesel to the gasoline, to the garbage, to the, you know, to the wastewater and sewage, all that stuff has to be, you know, managed, you know, properly, certainly nowadays, so we always have, but uh, I just mentioned that because some, some shareholders and investors want to know that, that we are on top of that. And, and we certainly are. Brilliant. Like, good. I, I appreciate, one, I appreciate the format today. I really enjoyed it, actually. If I felt like I was, I was there, and I also need to say this in public, I, I can be bought very cheap with branded clothing. Um, but <laughs> but the, the, I'm excited. I'll get you an, I'll get you an embroidered Dickies. <laughs> good news, good news. I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure we have that brand over here. Um, but look, you're, you're busy, um, you've got a plan. I like that. I'm very keen to see what these assay results say because that could be that could be meaningful. People could start to pay attention if they if they give the kind of grace that well, certainly from the last uh, 101.6 grams per ton. That's that's pretty impressive stuff. So look, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on, um, and uh, we'll speak soon. Okay. Yep. End of, end of the summer, Matt. Thanks very much for your time. Always appreciate uh, you and your audience. 
Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.